0: I remember in New Zealand, um, I was the assistant youth leader and we were meeting one morning with the youth leader, I was, his his name was Jovei Kanji, one of the best men I've ever met. Uh, I still love him to this day And in our meeting we were wondering what we could do to to bring about revival And to bring about uh, um, um, something special for the city of Auckland Which is a city, I guess, uh, maybe half the size of Sydney, I don't know But it's still a big city And we decided that we would run a great big youth evangelism program So we hired a a place that sat 3,000 people Uh, This was going to be a citywide youth evangelism program. We took the pastors out for lunch because there's no better way to get a pastor on side than to feed him. And uh, we shared with them the vision and then we got all the youth directors of the city and we shared with them the vision. We booked a, a very powerful black American preacher we also booked um, a, a very good singer, Jeff Bullock. I think we sing some of his songs here sometimes. And he was going to come across on opening night and, and, and do a little bit of a concert, and then we'd get straight into the preaching. Well, we're a bit nervous, but we advertised. We put it through the churches. We encouraged our youth, bring your friends, and we turned up on the first night. There was probably 4,000 people trying to cram into a 3,000-seat venue. Hallelujah. It's one of the best. Holy Spirit was there. It's one of the best youth evangelism programs I've ever been involved with. At the conclusion of the program, I was trying to remember the story, but I think we baptised at the conclusion of the program over 200 young people who gave their hearts to Jesus. It was one of Auckland's great days one of the great victories for Jesus in that city. A couple of years later, I went after the youth leaders in the city to find out what had happened. And the story wasn't quite as stirring. Because of those 200 young people that had given their hearts to Jesus, that had caught a fire listening to the preacher, listening to the word, listening to the stories of Jesus, of those 200 only, a small handful were left. What happened? Have you ever been, who's been to an Adventist camp meeting here? Or a revival, keep your hands up, I want to see, or a revival, big youth revival or a church revival, and come away feeling red hot. Have you, have you done that? And you come away and you're listening to the, you know, especially when we, I guess I have a special um, love of these powerful black American preachers. And the next year or two you're going to see some at New Hope Because the pastor likes them And I've got a few preachers over there in America who I know uh, That we're going to bring in Hallelujah, amen That They, they stir you up You listen to them, they're so full of fire You want to follow God And you leave these revivals And I don't know whether you ever experienced this You're at a camp meeting, a revival, it doesn't matter where you are And you've been deeply, richly, spiritually blessed And you go, oh, I am going to follow God I really am going to do it this time Have you done that? I really, really am. Yeah, look, if you look at my history, Lord, it's not good, it's checkered. It's up and down on the mountain, down the valley, but this time I'm going to follow you. And you go out determined, you're going to follow the Lord. Have you had that experience? Well, after a week, the fire's burning not quite as hot. Well, you're still trying to read your Bible, but it's not quite as interesting as it was when you were listening to the preacher preach. And you're trying to pray but you find your mind wandering And within two or three weeks The light, the burning flame That had been lit in your heart And I've experienced this Has almost gone out And it's just a tiny little flicker How many of you have experienced that? I don't want to put your hand up And say how many of you experienced it now But let me talk to you for a moment New Hope Church Which you belong to We are not involved in a sprint. God set this church up and now we've got to go through to the second coming. Amen. And we can't afford as God's people to be up on the mountain one day and down in the valleys without the Lord not being able to see him with our light barely flickering the next. This, what I call almost schizophrenic Christianity, is damaging us. Am I right? I'm not talking about what it's doing to those we should be reaching. I'm talking about us personally. It's damaging us. And every time you have a high experience with Jesus and you're on fire, and then within a week or two the fire's gone out and you're back into the mundane of life and you're just struggling barely to hide, it's damaging you. Am I right? It is damaging people so much that they are losing their faith. And I talk on Facebook to a number of my friends who are ex Seventh day Adventists. And one of the things that they come back to me so strongly with is yes, I've had high experience. I had one guy say, yeah, I've had some high experience. He's an atheist. He's advancing atheism. He's got a site that advances atheism and evolution. A friend of mine, he says, yes, I've had some high experiences with God, but they were all in my head. Well, how do you know they're in my head? Because within a week or two after having that experience with God, I've forgotten it. The light's gone out. It wasn't real. It was all in my imagination. It was the power of the preacher or the power of the music or well, the power of the collective experience that stirred me up. But when I got away by myself and I was alone again, there is no God. He has no impact on my life. He doesn't exist. I'm an atheist, I'm an evolutionist now, and I'm going to expose Adventism and Christianity for the fraud it is. And maybe some of you are on that road today. If you are... I would plead with you to listen to this message and give God one more go. How do we get consistency out of our walk with Jesus? How do we stay hot and not lukewarm or cold? I'm going to give you six short points. And I guarantee you this, that if you incorporate these six short points into your life, you will get a consistent, hot walk with Christ. You want to do it? Let's have a look. If you've got your Bibles, I invite you to open to Acts chapter 26. I'm going to read verse 12 through to 18. The first point is this. If you want to stay hot with God, you need to heed the call of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to say it again. If you want to stay hot with God, heed, listen to the call of the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit calls us in different ways. Let me give you two Short biblical examples. The first one is Paul the Apostle. He's in the presence of King Agrippa, a secular king. I love Paul. I relate to Paul. When he's writing, when he's trying to share Jesus, I can kind of sense that I try and do the same thing. Even maybe because I read him so much, try and use the same approaches. And he's, 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 he's preaching, he's calling for Agrippa to give his heart to Jesus, And he's giving his testimony. And this is what happened to Paul. And this is how the Holy Spirit called Paul. Listen to this. One day, says, Paul, I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priests to go and kill the believers of Christ. Paul was an enemy early on of the believers. And here he is persecuting them. About noon, your majesty, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, you see the Holy Spirit's calling Paul a light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me and my companions we all fell down and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic Saul Saul why are you persecuting me it's useless for you to fight against my will. Well, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me and tell them what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles. Open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. And then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith to me Paul was called by the Holy Spirit through Jesus to the gospel to the gospel message and we each of us here today are crowns in Paul's we are jewels in Paul's crown amen have we got any Jews here today how many Gentiles are here if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile, so you should have your, your hand up. Who did Paul go to? Gentiles. The Gentiles. We are the ancestors of those, they are the ancestors to us, our spiritual ancestors that Paul went to. We are here today because of the ministry of Paul. And God called him, it was a sledgehammer call. God called him. And when you first come to God, at some time or another, the Holy Spirit will call you. And he called Paul. It was a sledgehammer call. I, I got a sledgehammer call into the ministry. I had finished my teaching degree. I had a religious major. I was up on the Gold Coast, uh, not on the Gold Coast, I was actually in Brisbane, I wanted to be on the Gold Coast. And the president rang me up, and all, everyone else in my class had a job except me. It looked like I wasn't going to be a pastor. And the president of South Queensland called me up and said, Lloyd, we've got a call for you to go to the Gold Coast. Oh, fantastic. But it's a, it's a volunteer position. Oh. You have to do it for nothing. Oh. And I already had a job teaching in Sydney on really good money back then. And I said, well, give me a couple of days to think about it. The Holy Spirit got to work on me and his voice was incessant. It was noisy. He was banging around in my head. You must take this call. No, I want to go to Sydney. I want the money. You must take this call. The Holy Spirit's on me. I'm being called. Hear the voice of the Lord when he called you through the Holy Spirit. I picked the phone up, rang the president up. I was going to tell him that, no, I'm not taking I'm not. I'll do it if you're going to pay me, but I'm not working as a volunteer. I'm going to Sydney to teach. I was all for that. As I picked the phone up to ring, to dial the president. The Holy Spirit said to me in a voice that was almost audible, after all I've done for you, Lloyd, how could you? Did I listen to him? Well, where am I right now? I put the phone down, thought about it, prayed, asked for forgiveness, called the president back, and that's history. Sometimes he'll call you loudly. Sometimes he'll call you softly. Listen to this. First Kings, if you've got your Bibles, have a look. 19 verse 12. This is talking about Elijah. And this is the Holy Spirit calling Elijah. And this is how he'll come to many of you. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. I don't know how the Holy Spirit is going to come to you today. Maybe he already has. But if you want to stay hot with God, listen to me. When the Holy Spirit comes, whether He comes in great noise and fanfare, like He did to Paul, Saul, or whether He comes in a gentle, quiet whisper, heed the call of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? And if He hasn't come to you, don't worry, He will. Open your heart up. He will come. Second point. Let's keep moving. Matthew chapter three, verse two. This is John the Baptist. Let's open our Bibles. Matthew chapter three, verse two. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Nothing keeps us further away from God than sin. Do I need to say that again? Sin separates us from who? God. Now, when the Holy Spirit calls you, praise the Lord, your next step must be to repent. And you don't just one-off repent. Repentance is a daily experience. I was watching the American election the other day, Donald Trump. And I I don't know whether you, you saw this yourself, but the commentator, the television interviewer said, have you ever gone to God... And repented. How many of you saw this? You remember what he said? He said, well, I don't think I've got anything to repent for. I try to be a good man. I do my best. Why would I repent? If you're going to come to God and you're going to stay in a hot place with him, get into the habit of repenting. I've got into the habit of it. I ask the Lord to forgive me for the sins that I know and I'll go through them with him and I say, Lord, I repent, cover me in your blood and give me the strength and the courage and the wisdom to overcome. So I've heeded the call of the Holy Spirit and now I have repented. I also ask the Lord to Forgive me for the things I do that I don't know are wrong because I'm on a a journey with God, right? So I'm asking you today, two things firstly. Have you heeded the call of the Holy Spirit? And number two, are you into daily repentance? Ask yourself, how long since I've been on my knees and repented. How long since I've been genuinely sorrowful for the things I've done wrong? And here's the deal. If you don't, if you're like Donald Trump and you don't feel very repentant, that's okay. Ask the Lord to soften your heart so that you can see your sin so that you can then go and repent. Do you get what I'm saying? If you're sitting in this church or watching this on television and you think there's no need to repent, then go to the Lord and say, soften my heart and help me to see me for myself for what I am. And when you do that, then you'll repent. So heed the call of the Holy Spirit and repent and get in the practice of repenting. Are you hearing me? Yes. Do it every day. Do you hear me? Yes. Search your life for the things that you need to Repent. the Lord for. It's a positive healthy experience with God and when you find them repent because we want to be a church that's hot for God. We're in a marathon not a sprint and we want people who are on fire for Jesus in this church. You are soldiers getting ready for battle. Third thing I think this is the most important thing I'll say today Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 John the Baptist he said I baptize you with water Those who repent of their sins. He says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming who's greater than I. So much greater than I. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. We need to heed the call of the Holy Spirit on our lives when he calls us to follow Jesus. We need to be repentant, asking the Lord to repent of, us, of our sins. And, last, and thirdly, we need to be baptised by what? The Holy Spirit. Some time ago, The Associated Press carried a story from Glasgow in Kentucky. It says, Leslie Puckett, after struggling to start his car, lifted the hood and discovered that someone had stolen the motor. I've preached here on baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we need to get on our knees each morning and as we... Listen, and it's, it's the call of the Holy Spirit that will drive you to your knees in worship in the morning. Now, when you've listened to that, you're on your knees. Then you repent. You're clearing anything, or you're allowing the Lord to clear anything between you and God. And then you need to pray audibly. Lord, when I say audibly in your mind, in your head, in your heart, you can say it aloud. Lord, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Do, Do you get what I'm saying here? The Holy Spirit called you to your knees. You followed him. You've listened to him. He led you to repent. You have repented. And you are now praying, Lord, baptize me by the Holy Spirit. When you pray that prayer, you are asking for Jesus through the Holy Spirit to possess you. And when he possesses you, he gives you great power and a Christian without the Holy Spirit is like that man trying to start his car without an engine the Holy Spirit is the engine and when you get possessed of him everything changes in your life it is baptism of the Holy Spirit or possession of him that causes me to reach into my pockets and to give offerings you know I have spent a lifetime do you notice that I don't really make great calls for you to support the television ministry and stuff have you noticed that? We don't really appeal that hard for you to give offerings. Are you noticing that? Because I have learned through 25 years of ministry that unless somebody has heeded the call of God through the Holy Spirit, has repented of their sins and has prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then they're never probably going to give generously of their money or their time anyway. You know, Claire gets up the the front for yes, we care. Hallelujah for yes, we care. And, And where are you, Claire? God bless you with your red shirt on. I notice you have taking your red shirt off. God bless you with your red shirt on. Now we can get up the front as a church and we can say come to Yes We Care, come to Yes We Care or come to the Friday night Bible study and learn how to, here in the church, upstairs there in the foyer, and learn how to do Bible study so you can can tell your neighbours and share with your neighbours the truth of Jesus. But unless you're baptised by the Holy Spirit, you're not going to give of your time, you're not going to give of your money, you're not going to be regular at church, you're certainly not going to come and learn how to do Bible studies, you're not going to use the gifts that God has given Given you to advance his cause, whatever they are, because you're not baptized by the Holy Spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? And how do you get baptized baptism of the Holy Spirit? You don't come down to the church, down the front of the church here, and stand up and have the pastor come along and push you on the head, and you know they, they fall. That's not baptism. I don't know what that is. It's certainly not in the scripture. In the quietness of your home, in your wardrobe, wherever you are, you quietly talk to the Lord. I have heeded the call of the Holy Spirit, Father. I am, I am here. I have repented of my sins. I want to be used by you however it is, Lord. If it's, if it's help and carry, prepare the food, hallelujah, I'll do it, Lord. If it's going out Sunday morning, oh, when I want to go for a ride on my motorbike down to the beach, Jolly Claire puts on yes, we care. Oh Lord, inspire me to your works by filling me with the Holy Spirit. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Look, I'm laboring this, I'm running out of money, I'm running out of money, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of money too, Lizka. thank you. <laughs> the Seventh Day Adventist Church in Sydney is never going to move until we have this experience. And it's there for us All we've got to do is ask. I've given up trying to inspire Adventism in Australia to do stuff for Jesus. It's too discouraging. The defeats are too heavy. And I've turned my attention completely as a pastor to encouraging people to be baptised by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! And I have seen people baptised by the Holy Spirit. Have you? It's a powerful, powerful thing. You know, you see people coming into the church. Look, Andrew, we're going to have to blow this thing for TV. I know my time's done. That's all right. You see people coming into the church. Are you seeing it? They're excited. Why are they excited? They've just met Jesus. It's a thrilling thing to meet Jesus. They get into the font. Some people are baptized. They're jumping up and down with this true Pentecostal experience. Oh, it's a great, a grand thing. You baptize them, they come up beaming, and they're, who can I share the Lord with? Who will listen to me? What can I do for his cause? They're baptized by the Holy Spirit, and what have we done to them as a church? They're their brother. This is all new to you. Stick with us, man. We'll put the fire out in you. <laughs> We don't want to do that in this church, amen? When people come into this church and they're excited for Jesus, we want to encourage their excitement. And we're not going to do that unless we ourselves are baptised by the Holy Spirit. One of the things I like about this church, New Hope, is people who come here are seeking for something deeper. They're looking for a change. They're looking for a different. Well, it's going to come if we individually allow the Holy Spirit to baptise us. And I promise, I give you my word in front of the Lord. That I will pray for this experience every day in my heart if you'll do it in yours. And if the people, if the pastor, if the leaders are baptized in this church in the Holy Spirit, we're not going to be meeting in this hall for much longer because we won't fit in here. This nation, this city is desperate for people who are baptized by the Holy Spirit. Do you hear it? How many of you want that experience this morning? You can have it. Just ask for it. I want to give you a moment to ask for it right now. I'm at point three and I've got three to go. The next three are shorter than the first three. I want to give you a moment. Let's just stop. Lloyd, stop preaching. Let's all bow our heads. And if this is your prayer, just say, Lord... In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, baptize me with the Holy Spirit now and he will do it, believe. Let's bow our heads. Let's do it. You do it, you do it in your heart and I'll do it in mine. Lord Jesus, you've heard the prayers of the people of this church ascending into the heavens. And corporately now on behalf of the people, Lord, I come here and I say, Father, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, baptise us by the Holy Spirit. Baptise this church. And may we be what you would have us be, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.